do, 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 do. Here we go. My name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. We have a special guest, and our special guest, her name is Maureen Blaha from the National Runaway Safe Line. You're the executive director, is that right? Absolutely. Well, welcome. So glad you could have, so, so glad you could be here. Thank you. I'm very happy for this opportunity. Oh. Thank you. I don't even know what the National Runaway Safe Line is, so help me out. We are an organization that has been around since 1971, and our mission is to keep America's runaway, homeless, and at-risk youth safe and off the streets. We started off as a Chicagoland organization and then in 1974 went national. And our work is really around supporting young people um, in a confidential, non-judgmental way um, who are facing some kind of crisis that may have resulted in them running from home, being kicked out of their homes, they're homeless, or they're struggling with something and are in some kind of crisis situation looking for help. So um, we get a lot of requests to, for people to want to get on our show. And I emailed it to Kathy and Kathy's like, we got to have her on. And <laughs> aside from the importance of the message, you have a personal connection. Yeah. I was just telling Maureen upstairs that when I was 27 and I was deciding whether or not to be a social worker, um, I wanted to do some volunteer work and I volunteered at the National uh, Runaway. It was called the National Runaway Switchboard at the time. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so outdated? So did, how many times did you do it? Oh, I was there for like two years. Like once a week, once a month? I think, I remember it started once a week and I, Maureen was saying, when did you volunteer? And I was trying to remember what my time, I know it was night mm -hmm. because I was working during the day and I was telling her that I made some great friends there too. There was a lot of camaraderie, a lot of connection between the volunteers um, and it was my introduction to social work. It mm -hmm. really was. Um, and so now it's called the National Runaway Safe Line. And so Maureen, I have to ask, like, not that I can even, I can visualize what it looked like in there, but my question to you, is it different now? Is it more than the phones? Is it FaceTime? Like, what is it like now? Well, that's a really great question. And in fact, because Switchboard didn't resonate with young people. I bet. So it's like antiquated. It's like, that's, you know, it doesn't even sound like a phone. Right. Well, it was funny because we were able to, you know, meet with young people young people when we were thinking about changing our name and when we asked them what a switchboard was well they weren't quite sure <laughs> maybe it was something in a computer chip maybe right. it was like singing yeah. and dancing but anyway we um sought the input from young people and changed the name to national runaway safe line and you are very much on target kathy because it is more than the hotline now and with the proliferation of you know young people being um online on the computer etc it is a lot about online connections as well as hotline connections. And when we say online connections, that's connecting to our website, which is 1-800-RUNAWAY.ORG. And we have live chat. We have bulletin board postings that we now call forum postings and crisis emails. So young people in whatever place they feel most comfortable to connect, um, we're there for them, both online and through the hotline. That's so great because one thing I remember is feeling very stuck a lot of times because when we would get calls, um, the kids would call in and maybe need a place to sleep for the night or maybe just want to talk to somebody and you'd want to get them resources, but you had like books 
you know, you'd have to find a place. You know, we we didn't have access. If I didn't have something in front of me to help them or if they weren't in a major city, then really the only support I could give them at the time was an ear. Mm-hmm. You know, just listen or say, can you go here or could you call this number? Like basically I'd have to put the work back on them. And to be able to say to them, not only can I listen to you, but you can go here, 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 here. Well, absolutely. That's another element that's changed dramatically because we have 9,000 resources in our database. Remember, we are nationwide. And so those shelters that you're talking about Mm -hmm. for teens to help them get to a safe place and off the streets, we have um, those, of course, in our database and can make the connections for the young person. And a lot of times what we do is we will conference a call Mm -hmm. with the shelter and the young person. So that the teen kind of gets what to expect when they get there. We don't want them to get to the shelter and and run. Mm. And so we verify there's a, an open bed, and then we conference a call with the teen in the shelter and kind of talk about what to expect. Beautiful. So I won't hold you to this, but out of, out of 100 kids who call or reach out, how many of them are literally looking for a resource like, I don't know where to go, and how many of them are looking just for support and somebody to talk to? Yeah, about 60% of those that connect with us are... Um, away from home. Mm-hmm. So they're on the streets, they've been thrown out, they are homeless, and they are either looking for a safe place to stay, or in many situations, they really want to go back home. Yeah. Sometimes they're kind of afraid, like, oh my goodness, what are the consequences? So we can even conference a call with their parents uh. to talk about the situation, uh, help them get back home if that's really what they want. We also have a great program with Greyhound that we can get free bus tickets home for a youngster oh, that wow. has gone, you know, too far from home. Wonderful. It's like all coming back. It's just so fun. To, I just, I was like, yes, the the Greyhound, the bus system. Right. And so a lot of people listening to this are going to think, well, this really doesn't have to do with me or my family. This is not an issue with my kids. But do you have, and do you have some statistics? Like how many kids run away and who are these kids? The research on this population is a bit sparse because people sometimes don't really want to think or talk about it. But the reality is there are 1.6 to 2.8 million youth that will run away from home this Mm. year. And it touches on all geographies, all socioeconomic um, stratospheres, all cultures. And so the reality of a young person in any neighborhood running from home is very real. And in fact, we have a runaway prevention curriculum. And when we um, work with teachers to do this in schools or with community organizations, you know, one of the techniques is to say, well, how many of you know someone that's run from home? And I think some people would be surprised at the number of hands that go up. I would agree. Yeah, I I feel like I'm in such a bubble. Like, I think if a kid has a problem with their parents, like they have, like they come up with a plan, like I'm going to go stay at Johnny's house or Betty's house or whatever. And I just, I, I, I'm so naive to a child being so distraught and without so, without any options, but to literally leave home and not have anywhere to go. Like, I don't, this is crazy. Well, it is crazy, Todd, but the reality is that these kids 
often have thought about this a little bit. And so, you know, for parents, if you notice that your child is accumulating possessions, if they are acting in a very different way than they had in the past, sort of being moody, not communicative, Mm -hmm. starting fights, you know, those are triggers that there's something going on. Mm -hmm. And for parents, the reality is we would like to, in a perfect world for homes to be an environment where young people can come and talk with their parents about the good things and the bad things. And they're teenagers. They're going to make mistakes. But that home is always a safe place to fall. Mm. And the number one reason that young people are leaving home is because of family dynamics. So there's something going on in that home, either a lot of arguing, there's been a divorce, and the child feels like maybe it's my fault. And so whatever is going on in that home, the family dynamics continue year after year to be the number one reason that young people reach out to us. So how often do they leave on their own resolve, and how often are they kicked out? So there, uh, that is a really tough thing to get our arms around, that young people are thrown out of their homes. But the reality is that is a significant number. Mm-hmm. And so of those that con- connect with us, you know, that 60% that are away from home, you know, about... or so have been thrown out of their homes. And even when we did research a couple years ago about this concept of a runaway, and we talked to young people, they said, well, I guess I'm a runaway, but my mother knew I was leaving. And so really, is that a runaway? Or is it just that she didn't want me there? anymore? It's almost mutual agreement or unspoken, you know, situation. And, you know, I, I love uh, what you said because about the family dynamics, because really, that's the heart of this show is, um, you know, parents are often very focused on physical safety. And I have to make sure my kids are physically safe and that they wear their helmets and their seatbelts. But they forget about the emotional safety of their kids. And that if you have an environment in your home where a child feels, as you said, that things are their fault, A, or B, that what they're going to come to you with, you're not going to be able to handle their tools are often so limited and because they don't understand the consequences of their choices always, depending on their age or just the fact that they think there's nowhere else to turn, they literally just leave thinking there's something better out there. Absolutely. And it can be so um, unsafe for so many reasons, which, you know, the the issue that is getting brought up a lot, I teach at um, – Uh, university, Dominican University. And a lot of my students are very focused on issues around sex trafficking right now. Um, And I was just talking to Todd about this the other night. And you were saying, I can't believe that this this is so big. Um, And I don't know how connected sex trafficking is to what's going on with the safe line, but that's a real issue out there too for kids. Oh, it's hugely connected because those young people that are on the streets are the most vulnerable to be recruited into both sex and labor trafficking. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes these kids are recruited to say, oh, come and sell magazines in, you know, Seattle, Washington, and you'll make lots of money. Well, that's labor trafficking. All of a sudden they get there. They're not making their quotas. They're left on the streets. You know, the the sex trafficking is really a horrible situation. The only thing I would say is that because there's so much dialogue about it now, Mm -hmm. the good news is we are all recognizing that, hey, this is a problem in our country as well, and we need to do better by these young people. And so we do get calls from 
you know, victims that have been recruited into the sex trade as well. Good. Well, and that is exactly it, is that's why I'm so thankful to my students, because, you know, again, in in our generation, or because we're not exposed to it all the time, we're like, oh, that's not an issue. And there are kids, you know, 20 year olds saying, wake up, this is an issue. I actually know somebody who have had this, you know, they've had this experience. So um, you're right, the more we dialogue, the more things change. Right. So what, um, you know, I am a I'm biased towards our listeners. Most of our listeners invest a lot of their resources, their energy into making sure that their children have a safe place to come home to. So I, you know, whether it's fair or unfair, I have a feeling that most of our listeners hopefully will never have to deal with their ch- children running away. So let's just assume that for a second. How can anybody help you and your organization uh, further the cause? Because obviously you're saying that this is, I don't know if you want to call it a crisis, but the trend is is probably not good and it's moving in the wrong direction. How can people kind of get involved and help out? Well, I like to say it's a silent crisis mm-hmm. because young people that run from home aren't proud of it, mm-hmm. don't like to talk about it. Parents who have ever had that happen to them where a child has run, they don't like to talk about it, but it is a, a serious issue. And so what people can do is really Remember, 1-800-RUNAWAY, tell all of your friends because you never know. And even as a parent, you know, you might have your child's friend staying overnight at your house. You might not necessarily know to check in and say, hey, does your mom know that you're here? Because Mm -hmm. a runaway episode is one in which a child is away from home Mm -hmm. without permission. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that's a really exciting um, opportunity with the National Runaway Safe Line is we have street teams. And you can go on our website and learn more about it. But sometimes it's families, sometimes it's a Girl Scout group, sometimes it's a church group or you know, a group of kids that want to do something about this issue. And what we would argue is get the information out there. So street team members get a packet of information to put posters up in libraries and where other kids might be hanging out. We encourage them to make a YouTube video, do a presentation in a church group or at school. And and then you can earn points and win t-shirts and right. that fun things like that. So it's a way to really engage people and educate Educating them that, yes, this is an issue, but hey, you can do something about it. And so that's one of the things that I think is really brilliant and I feel proud of. Um, The other thing, you know, like all not-for-profits, of course, uh, we are always looking for individuals and corporations, et cetera, to help us. And it's very easy to visit our website and make a financial donation as well. Great. And say your website again. 1-800-RUNAWAY.org. Org. Dot org. Yeah, it really, these kind of, like you said, these silent epidemics tend to be uh, more grassroots efforts. And and to have an experience with somebody where you realize this is a real thing, or you know a family who has had this experience, or the hotline has actually saved a life, or given them, an, you know, a, another opportunity. So absolutely. And we were, um, besides the fact that I did vol- volunteer there, I was just saying to Maureen that this is in Chicago, and we're 
was so proud, even though it's nationwide and it's reaching everywhere, you know, it doesn't really matter where it's located. I actually think it's really great yeah. that it's in our city. Well, I'm on the website now. There's uh, obviously a little link for you to call. Um, there's a chat. There's an online chat. So you guys have a lot of different vehicles because obviously kids are different now than they were 10 years ago or 20 years ago. So you guys are kind of keeping up with the times and right. Facebook pages and all that good stuff. So. I actually just went and liked their page today so yeah. I could follow along. I know. I mean, and just the fact, Maureen, you were saying you've been there how long? 16 years, a wow. long time. That's so commitment. I've seen lots of differences, but what's really interesting is that the family dynamic issue continues to be the number one reason why kids are reaching out. But I'm glad that you raised the um, opportunity to follow us on Facebook, sure. You know, join us as a friend, follow us on Twitter. And of course, social media mm. is absolutely critical in helping us get our word out, as are these opportunities with this podcast because it's all of us working together that are really going to help keep kids safe and off the streets. For sure. I agree. Is there anything else that you wanted to ask? Well, I'll ask this. Um, As far as you said, you know, a lot of things like the Girl Scout troops can come in or different organizations can come in and spread uh, the word. How about volunteering at the Safe Line? Could they do that? Absolutely. The Safe Line is located in Chicago in the Lakeview neighborhood. We have about 120 volunteers who have gone through 40 hours of training. And then they typically work a two-hour shift each week. And so if there are some of your listeners that are in the city or nearby, um, absolutely. And there's another way to connect is to go online and, and look at the volunteer application, attend an orientation and join us if it's a good fit. Um, So that's a, a wonderful way. The street team is for those that are a little more remote, but you know, we're not far from Chicago. No, and no, we're no. recording this on May 26th, and I read somewhere that summer is a busy time for you guys, right? It actually is. And as parents, this probably doesn't surprise people, but for adolescents, whenever there is a change in routine, that can oftentimes cause stress. Yeah. And so because, oh, school's out, all oh, this is fun, oh, it's the summer maybe a lot of time on their hands. They don't know what they're going to be doing. Maybe because they're going to be isolated from their friends. Maybe things aren't going so great at home and it's a lot more time at home. It can cause a lot of stress for young people. So um, be be mindful of that being a challenging time for young people. And really, we say to parents, sit down and talk about it Mm -hmm. and share your feelings. It's okay to talk about your feelings. And, you know, for your children, it's like, oh, wow, mom and dad are real too. And they've had these feelings. So be honest. Yeah, that's a big, again, a big thing we discuss on this show is that the more real we are with our children, the more they understand that we've either been there or that we're open to hearing their experience. It's not always that we've experienced the exact same thing, but that we accept you no matter what, you know, you are, you are with us. So parting thoughts, is there anything that you wanted to make sure you said that we didn't give you a chance to say, or do you feel pretty good about uh, anything missing, anything we forgot to ask? I would just uh, say that, you know, this is a a very precious time for young people. They're going to struggle even in the best of circumstances. But I feel really proud that there is a safe place to call 
where there is no judgment. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just people that want somebody to talk to that they feel they can trust and that they can be honest with. And we are hearing more and more from younger Mm -hmm. kids, like Mm -hmm. 13-year-olds, because I think of the opportunity to chat with us Mm -hmm. online, and it's a little bit safer way to do that. So um, I would just say, like Kathy said, be proud that there is this great treasure in Chicago, and come visit if you ever want to see what it looks like. Oh, oh, Maureen, thanks for doing what you do. We And that's the thing, a non-judgmental, safe place. I mean, could we ask for anything better? So thank you for doing what you do, and thanks for being on our show. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. 1-800-runaway.org. We admire you for your passion and what you're doing for the good of the good of the whole. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, folks. Hope you felt outstanding. So there's some different ways you can support us. Um, One of them is by asking either Kathy or myself or maybe both of us to speak at your next event. Or you can also tell a friend about our podcast. If you ship Amazon, go through the link on zenparentingradio.com first. It doesn't cost you anything, but Zen Parenting will get a small commission. You can also buy any of Kathy's three amazing books through Amazon or our homepage. And if you're like me and you want to teach your children personal financial management, then use FAMZOO. It's an amazing resource. It's a virtual family bank that will set your children on a path towards financial freedom. Click on the link on the lower right-hand side of our homepage to learn more. And if you're a Chicago guy and want to learn more about The Tribe, the men's group that I lead, go to thetribemensgroup.com. Do you want to grow your business by partnering with us? Shoot me an email. And you can also give us an iTunes review. Lastly, you can subscribe to our podcast through our homepage or iTunes directly. This will guarantee you're up to speed on the latest and greatest of Zen Parenting Radio. You can always send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com and I'll be happy to get back to you as soon as I can. Finally, we're thankful for all your support and encouragement and always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Keep trucking.